The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the last regular season edition of Dugout Study Hall for 2021. I'm your host and expert layman, Matt Goodwin, and with me on this special occasion is my co-host and your fake baseball economist, Alexander Chase. In this episode, we will talk a little bit about Mookie Betts and his very good, disappointing season, and go through some superlatives that you may agree with, or maybe not, but should be fun. But before we get to all of that, Alexander, how are you doing? Hey, Matt. Uh, are you ready to talk about the weather? Um, I can if you'd like to. It's it's lovely. It's uh, fall. It's nice here in New England. Um, it's enjoyable. I actually, as I've mentioned, I really do like fall. Uh, the It's starting to get to be that like perfect temperature. You sleep with the windows open. You don't have to have the air conditioning running. You wake up and you're, uh, you're, you know, you're under the blank. I don't know. It's, it's really a cozy time of year. Um, my wife just decked out our mantle with some really cool uh, autumn uh, decorations. So, um, you know, we're ready to rock and roll here. The next step is uh, is fire pit in the backyard. Beautiful. I, we are a caricature of ourselves. So I'm fine with all this discussion. And I knew where we were going from the start. Um, yeah, I uh, really leaned into it. I went to an Orioles game the other day. I was uh, wearing like black pants and an orange shirt. And I was like, I am just ready to look like someone who was really into fall. But instead, it's just really, really excited to see Cedric Mullins play. Uh, well, who wouldn't be? Yeah. But, you know, like I fall fire. I, I uh, one big regret this fall is that um, I had a friend who like I bought a fire pit with last winter. So I'd, I'd like buy the wind or I, it's a close friend. I would I buy the wood like the firewood and uh, bring that over and you know, like the yeah, backyard and they moved to an apartment, actually like the same apartment building as me. So now we're. Hmm. neither of us have so that you're, you're still friends you get to do cool things just not fire pits anymore it's probably frowned upon in the apartment complex i would imagine yes yes it is yes yes it is so uh i when we bought this house um it had a an above, above ground pool and uh we really didn't want any part of it and insurance can be a real pain and we didn't want to have to build a fence and all that stuff. It was older. Yeah, yeah. So one of the conditions of buying the house was, can you just rip out that pool? So they did, which was awesome, except it left this giant like bald spot in the backyard. Oh yeah. And, uh, so, uh, so I had this brainstorm that, uh, well, I will fill it with gravel and build a fire pit in it. And then I will sit out here many nights and, uh, enjoy the backyard and the ambiance and and i i have been able to do that a lot but i don't think it, there's any season 
that uh, that beats fall for that uh, until it gets to be mm. just a little too cold. But you know, sweatshirt by the fire, um, yeah, it's it's good times. So uh, nice. that's coming nice. up here definitely uh, in the near future. Yeah. Um, any uh, anything else going on in your life? You know, um, this is a, a very special one day of the year. It's the one day where my girlfriend is going to go to a baseball game without me on purpose. Ooh. On purpose, <laughs> not by accident, like you got separated in the ticket line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so today is the uh, congressional baseball game. Um, ah, okay. For work purposes, she and a lot of my other friends here in D.C. end up, well, not even not for work purposes, it's a fun event. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they play it in that stadium and, uh, you know, it's just like a whole big thing. Uh, that stadium is a fun place to be. It's a nice mm-hmm. facility. So, you know, you have to watch a whole bunch of people who aren't that athletic, try to swing a bat and... Um, yeah, it's a fun time. <laughs> There's no, obviously no highlights of that uh, the next morning. Uh, it's too bad. We could probably do a, a nice breakdown on pitcher list of the best the, the best non-MLB moment, moments of the congressional baseball game. I believe <laughs> it is on Fox Sports 1. So is it really? I'm sure we could go back in time after this episode and find like the best GIFs. And- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely gonna see if I can go ahead and find that some replay somewhere. Uh, that's that's awesome. Maybe I'll get uh, my uh, my boy Ben Brown to do some some of the uh, the gifting. He's way better at it than I am. I can do some basic stuff. His his stuff is next level. Uh, so uh, if uh, if I can find that, I may reach out and just ask him to do that. Um. All right. So uh. Let's get into numbers of the week. Um, this is our last pod of the regular season. Uh, just a programming note quickly before we, we move into this. Actually, this is probably something I should have brought up earlier. Uh, we are recording and have an episode out. Uh, it will be October 1st when you're listening to this. We are going to have an episode for October 8th. Then we will be going every other week for the off season. So we're not leaving you. We have some plans of some interesting things that uh, that we can do to, to keep baseball in your ear, even in the off season. Uh, but it will be every other week. So uh, don't think we've abandoned you, uh, whatever that date is going to be. What's uh, what's the next October uh, Friday after the 8th? There's a 15th, right? 8 plus 7? Yeah. It's fast um, math. Yeah, that is exactly how uh, adding works these days. <laughs> so uh, if you don't get an episode on October 15th, it's because you're not going to, and that's by design. So, uh, But we will be back the following week with uh, with some content for you. So anyway, getting into uh, numbers of the final week of the regular season, uh, wow. I have, I know, right? It doesn't It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. We're at episode 35 of our show. Uh, which we just started at the beginning of the season, so I, it, it's amazing. Time is a is a weird thing. Sometimes it feels like it takes forever, and sometimes it feels like it's gone in a moment. Uh, it doesn't change. It's us that changes, and our perception of it that changes. But man, it's it's really kind of a a, a silly thing. Um, but I want to bring up Mookie Betts, and uh, you know, the crux of our episode here today is going to be superlatives, and I have a sneaking suspicion that we're not going to find one for him. Uh, he wasn't the worst at anything, and he wasn't the best at at, at anything this year, uh, even though some people may have drafted him thinking he might be. Um, so here's what I'd like to do. It's a little bit of a game. I'm not obviously going to have you guess who we're talking about since I just told you. That would be a terrible game. Uh, but I'm going to give you some stats, fan graphs uh, numbers uh, on Mookie Betts, and I'm going to have you guess his WRC+, plus, where you think it's going, it wound up okay. at the end okay. of the year, based on just these five numbers. 
Um, and we're going to do average, uh, OBP, slugging, WOBA, and XWOBA. I do know that you like some of those expected stats, so I made sure that I included that as so well. So sweet. Uh, you know, we take care of each other on this pod. Uh, so Mookie Betts average as of the recording, which is Wednesday. Uh, so it's September 29th. There are a few more games that will be played between now and then. But as of this recording, Mookie Betts is sitting at uh, two. You know, I made the font too small here. You're going to have to bear with me for a second while I blow up my uh, uh, <laughs> my font. I got old eyes. It happens. It's going to happen to you too. I one day. I have an appointment on Friday uh, to get my eyes checked again, and I am really scared. Just, just to be clear here, <laughs> it's been I, uh, two I, years. I'll tell a slightly interesting story as an aside while I while I blow this font up so that I can see it. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, actually now like five and a half, six years ago, I needed new glasses, and uh, I knew that we were going to be having a baby. So. Um, I had an, uh, a pair, uh, an old pair, and I wanted the same prescription because I didn't want to have to not be able to use those. Mm-hmm. So I went mm-hmm. in and I basically like talked the optometrist into giving me the same prescription so that I could then go order a bunch of glasses online thinking that my baby was probably going to grab and pull and break. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wanted to have a few pairs of backups, but I, I didn't want them to be slightly different prescriptions and mess with my brain. So I don't know. Maybe that's not a funny story, but it, it always uh, it sticks in my head. All right. Back on track. We can Here see are the numbers we've got again. We, we've got I can see it now. <laughs> Maybe I need a new prescription. Um so again, average OBP slugging woba x woba. The average is two sixty eight. Uh, on base percentage three seventy one. Slugging is four eighty eight. Woba three sixty seven. X woba three fifty seven. Do you want those numbers again? Or are you are you good? I, I will refer to them uh, as needed. So we're all good here. So um, that three sixty seven woba. Uh, that's actually the number I'm going to start with. Here, kind of get my brain sorted right. Um. Anything above 350 is really good. Uh, 400 is like MVP level, right? So 350 mm-hmm. is like approaching all-star, or it's like all-star approaching MVP level. That's pretty good. Um, his ex-WOBA is a little below that. Obviously, that won't affect his WRC+. Plus. Uh, WOBA does not account for park. WRC+, plus, that plus tells us we, like, I think, I think they do. I'm Don't, pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Um, batting average is... 268 whatever um the 371 obp is by the way just better than i thought it was for him uh this year mm. he's had a strong year like that's 371 obp 488 slugging like that's that's a good year yeah yeah i mean to, to say that he's this good. is a disappointing year is is relative to who we're talking about right i mean it's it's hard to probably to be mookie and everybody expects you to be perfect all the time so yeah these are not terrible numbers i think that average is probably disappointing yeah only yeah, because yeah. that's what you're using in fantasy right well, I, but for a little while um, longer we'll see i think we're gonna go i think <laughs> we're gonna go to obp is like the the industry standard within the next couple of years hmm, it's interesting uh it's just obviously better it allows for more interesting players to, anyways um yeah. I, we should design leaks around Joey Gallo being good. Um, <laughs> but here's where I'm going to this. I'm going to give you 125. That's going to okay. be my guess. Now, 
Now, would you? How do you want me to handle this? It's not. It's not one twenty-five, which would actually have been absolutely amazing if you hit it spot on. Yeah, round numbers. Uh, do you want me to 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 do like hot cold? Do you want me to go higher, lower? What kind of Price is Right version game do you want to try and play here to to see if we can land on the number? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to guess whether I was right or wrong about being too high or too low, and then I want you to give away. I'm going to guess that I was too high. No. Oh, good for him. What was it? No. 133. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, 33% better than league average with a 367 Woba. Yeah. I, I was really being pessimistic there. You know, yeah. No, I, I think that's really interesting. Is there a reason you wanted to pull him up in particular other than the fact that we've kind of just like forgotten that he's been really good this year? Just not the <laughs> third best player in fantasy or whatever? Yeah, I think I think that's what I wanted. Why I wanted to bring him up, I, I would have if you said at the beginning of this season that we would be doing this episode about superlatives. Number one, I would be like, "That's awesome that we lasted thirty five weeks. Uh, <laughs> good for us." Uh, and then I I would probably say Mookie Betts is going to be on that list uh, somewhere, and I don't think he's going to be here because I think that he had a a down year for him, which is still a good year. Um, but I almost feel like he's like a forgotten star in terms of a lot of the conversations that are, are going on. And I don't know, it's, it's good to, to have, have his name, I think in our, our memory banks. And I don't know, I, I, I really actually kind of w- wonder, and you tell me what your take is on this. Do you think that the perception that he's maybe been worse than he's actually been or something like the low average um, because again, that's when you draft them, like if that's, if your league has that as a category, probably hurt you there way more than you were thinking he would, uh, is going to impact our, our perception of his value on draft day next year. Um, you know, it's really funny. Cause like, that's like the one stat that like is the most wobbly of all of like the main stats that you're going to do as, like, as a fantasy player, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. batting average is just really weird and random and dumb. Duh. Duh. yeah yeah so but it's ultimately what what determines whether you win or lose you're trying to imagine a batting average only league right now um right. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i agree with you though it, it's kind of reminiscent of like the way that baseball is it's all fluky i i think like, like the dodgers are gonna be good um the dodgers are also going to be good and the dodgers are going to be really good even um so i think yeah, we're going to yeah. like be normal i think he probably goes well, in the top 15 at fall. least and yeah. if probably top five even and probably top 10 probably not top, top five in a lot of leagues um because that's but just, i think that's a big deal when somebody falls out of the top five even if they stay within the top 10 or, or 15 i still think that's that's a big deal is he is mookie Betts a worse player going into next year than he was going into this year um no well he's running less i think i think that like last season was a huge like he was just gunning for it on the base paths and this year he hasn't been just gunning for it on the base paths uh, and that is itself like a it's a choice choices are predictive of future choices right. and people yep. steal less as they get older but like also people steal less as they get older he's really good and he's gonna play for a good team and he doesn't have a great lineup position he's gonna play pretty much every day there are gonna be a couple leagues where he's second base eligible because what yeah um, right so, yeah i imagine he goes somewhere i bet he goes ahead of mike trout next year mm, that's interesting somebody just uh there was just an industry mock draft and trout felt to like 19th in a 12 team mock it was uh it was interesting. i think eric cross uh tweeted that out it was uh it was done by matt williams 
Um, and he got Trout at 19. I, I, to his credit, he said, and you know, as we get into draft season, that's unlikely to be the case. But um, I think he did say something like maybe five spots. So outside the top 10 for Mike Trout is interesting too. I, I don't know. I think um, I think that's probably what drove me to bring him up is just you know. It, I th- I find it very interesting all the people who are like the hot commodity and the people who people even talk about like do you take him one overall suddenly like maybe isn't even the conversation for the top 10 and uh, I don't know is there should we be doing that so I that was, I guess was to answer your question the motivation there anything else you want to say about bets before we uh we move into the guts of this episode um yeah um we're gonna probably see him on a big stage because the playoffs are starting and the Dodgers um well, I guess they probably are going to have to win a wild card game. We'll uh, be heading into the weekend with his debuts, and we'll we'll know probably for sure then like how likely it is that they're not playing at least a game one sixty three to determine <laughs> they're going to be in the wild yeah. card game. So yeah, I mean we're but we're likely to see like a very high leverage moment featuring the Dodgers very early in the playoffs, and um, yeah, I mean like. I'm glad that he's one of the players that we get to watch in those big moments because he's a fun dude. He's good at baseball. And, you know, I, I, I that's all we can ask for, right? Uh, yeah. So. I mean, he is pretty easy to root for. I think he, he uh, does a lot of things right on the field and off the field. So that's true. And, and, and that to go to your point from an earlier episode, uh, how things play out in the playoffs, it, it may be bring that value right back up to top five if he goes and is amazing you know I think people are going to remember that more than they're going to remember the whole season I just it's very interesting so I was trying to pick somebody that kind of underperformed but wasn't terrible yeah I think he's a great example of that um also just a a note for some guys who like have fallen out of the top five like um there's a guy who we will bring up later on Jose Ramirez who has technically fallen out of the top five and Remember, he's like, I think people got like really better after 2019 wasn't like top mm-hmm. three, but man, you know, like, well, he was really bad for a while. I mean, he, he sunk teams. Yeah. If you, if he you had him in a road league, year. yeah, yeah win, fair enough. he will win leagues this year. Like if he hasn't already. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's, it is so easy to get burned by a guy and just be like, never again. That, I, that's exactly I, what bad I as that happen. is, as an approach. Um, as bad as that is, as an approach, I, I, that sort of thing does happen. Um, all right, let's move into what we really came here to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the superlatives for the 2021 baseball season. Uh, the superlatives that we have picked at random for no reason other than we wanted to talk about them. Uh, I will forewarn you that I took all of the, uh, low hanging fruit and put Alexander in a tough position. I took all the easy ones, so um, thank you for letting me letting me do that. So I don't sound like a moron uh, while we're talking about these things. Hey, um, hey, I, you know, I was really influenced by the fact that you know, like I always really love like yearbook superlatives as like a dumb thing to do. So like <laughs> this was my idea as an exercise. So it's sure. only fair yeah. that after coming up with a bunch of these categories, not all of them, and then automatically think about who I want to talk about that I would at least let you pick first. So this doesn't just, <laughs> who do I want to talk about for 45 minutes? Cause like we already do that enough. Eh, well, I still appreciate it. Um, all right. I, we have an order here in our show notes in our rundown. Is there a particular place you'd like to start? We can go in order. 
uh, or we can we can go wherever. So there's one category that like we're kind of not doing, and I think that's like where we have to start before we get into the funner stuff. And that's okay. like you know like I guess you don't have like a a prom king superlative, but like there's a prom king, like like the <laughs> the best player though. Like I don't know, did your your did your yearbook just like name like top dude and top girl at your like guys uh, yeah. weird um, you're uh, you're asking me to go back a ways in the memory banks to something that um i'm just gonna be flat out honest i did not care about at all good for you uh i i don't i couldn't probably name the people that would have won half of the superlatives it's just it's it, i don't know that experience we can dive into that another time if you'd like uh maybe on a different pod with a different theme like I can lie on a couch and you can have a clipboard and take notes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, uh, so I have no idea what superlatives were in my yearbook and, and who won them, and I, I don't care. But I think this is still a fun exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I actively campaigned at my high school, jokingly, I should say, to win uh, most likely to become president because as a Canadian citizen nice. and at that time not an American citizen, I thought it would be very funny to be most likely yeah. because yeah. So, statistically to it was true you could never ever ever happen oh yeah i mean uh, none of us were allowed <laughs> so, yeah. um but yeah and that influenced me there's the player who fits into that like prom king category though is I, if, if you're tuning into this you know what we're about to talk about um <laughs> yeah it shouldn't be a surprise it's i mean i guess it's a toss-up between joey gallo and this person just with the number of times that we talk about them but well, uh, after an actual on-field performance well i mean after joey gallo had to shave i no longer think he's the hottest player in the mlb or anything like that <laughs> well Whereas, he also wasn't I very mean, good once he's shaved his power came mm, from his beard apparently <laughs> yes true yeah i mean how could you say no to shohei otani smile He's clearly yeah, the prime king of the MLB this year. Um, absolutely. And I think it's important for us to bring him up first because a lot of our other categories, it, like, we don't want to repeat. That's really important. Right, right, If your right, yearbook, right. like, lets someone win best hair and best smile and everything else, then clearly they are the yearbook editor. And we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to get him out of the way because, one, he's not fair. And, two, you know... I really, really feel like he deserves to be the only player who gets agreed on here. So yeah, 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 yeah. This is the only one we're saying? double dipping for. So we had the category kind of labeled best season, and uh, and I put in you know Shohei and and Alexander was like that's cheating, but it's fine and that's good and you know what it's just the way it is and he's right. Um, I don't know how you can look at what Otani has done and and um, not give him all of the praise it was just it's unprecedented it's unbelievable it's amazing and not only has he done each of these things really well um he's done them at a level that that puts him in in the conversation for like if you were to just look at his hitting a, a top hitter in the league if you were to just look at his pitching top pitcher in the league and he's doing both of them i don't know it's it's absolutely remarkable so um we are going to give Otani his due in this category, and then we will move on to other categories. And, and if we don't bring him up, it's because we purposefully don't want to reuse players. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I should say, like, there's a whole lot of, like, really exhausting discussion that can be had about, like, exactly how, like, historically good or whatever. I don't care um, if someone in particular had a statistically more war season. 
I don't care if yeah, someone right, did it right. in circumstances that were like more important because that person um, did not pitch and hit at the same time. And right. more importantly, uh, they did not do that like at, you know, like the level of fun that I think he did it like, like, like that's it. Like this is all about like who yeah. made this sport more cool and more interesting yep. and all of those other like words you want to put. Um, nobody else is like captured like the non-baseball audience in quite the like astounding way that I think he has, which is the, the point. Um, and right. That's your prom king. There you go. Congratulations, Shohei Otani, of all your accomplishments this year. I'm sure this is the one of which you are most proud. Um, all right, uh, where where do you want to go now? Do we want to do we want to go like the kind of like safe ones, like best hitter, best yeah. pitcher? Yeah, let's do those. Okay. Yeah. All right. So best hitter, I'm going to let you uh, go first and make your case, and then I'm just going to come in over the top with the very clearly obvious right answer that I got to pick first. Okay, so here's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to couch my answer in saying that this is a fantasy podcast, so <laughs> stolen bases get to matter. Okay. Okay. So in that case, I'm picking Tatis. Um, I also, it is, by the way, best hitter, not best base stealer. Yeah. Well, you know what? I suppose. Okay, fine. I fine. will. You I will punch you from hundreds of miles away. No. That would be a, a quite quite a move. <laughs> would be pretty incredible. Um, really yeah, incredible. I know. <laughs> I think it's actually really crazy. Like, do you remember like the last couple weeks of the preseason when Tatis like got injured during um like the spring training games and like people. Like, is he gonna be hurt and like, was that spring training he got hurt once during spring training and then he was fine okay uh but like for a couple days and then he got really hurt a little bit into the season right with the the shoulder yeah yeah, yeah. uh separation falling out of place or whatever yeah falling yeah. off they just glued it back on um yeah um yeah there was a couple days there where his like draft stock dropped from like one or two or wherever he was at uh down to like six or seven like on a bunch of drafts and nfbc so like undoubtedly if you draft on one of those days and you got in at like sixth or whatever and you're like yep we're totally good like congrats congrats on your chip um like that's that's it like (laughs) the dude's been incredible in like all sorts of ways you know like we talk about how like great we will and we have and a lot of other people have like talked about like you know cedric mullins going 30 30 like tatis isn't far off of that and he has 40 home runs um and he's missed like a not insignificant amount of time and right and he's done it with a shoulder that could pop out at any moment. Yeah, he like relearned a new position, learned, not relearned, learned a new position along the same time. Do you know how hard it is to like continue to keep your composure at the plate while also like trying to figure out how to play outfield for the first time? Like, yeah, really, really, I mean, no, f- not personally, but yeah, <laughs> really, really fun to Amazing. imagine what like a normal, no distractions, like. I am an adult and I have learned how to adult in baseball and I'm no longer just like a superstar tasting it for the first time. It's going to look for him. Like this is not his career year. Like no way. Right. So um, just want to say like, obviously that doesn't matter for this category. Him missing time does hurt his fantasy value or whatever. I personally tend to believe that people like him who like put up all this production in slightly less time get way underrated because you know what you did whenever he wasn't in your lineup? Um, You replaced him um so yeah i I, you didn't take a zero you got something yeah so like so tatis plus x equals good yeah yeah i think that's a pretty easy equation to try to pull (laughs) all right my pick for this category for best hitter is uh is vladdy um 
I, and you know, I, I think that uh, what he's done this year is unbelievable. Everybody kind of knew at some point he was going to be amazing. There was a lot of back and forth before the season started from the fantasy point of view as to like, is it this year? Where do I want to invest? And people who bought in, uh, you were rewarded richly. Um, and if it wasn't for the aforementioned Shohei Otani, you'd be looking at probably the AL MVP. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and fun, you know, like in the same sort of oh, style yeah. as Tatis, oh, yeah. right? Like easy to root for big smiles. Um, not really a prima donna about anything, or if he is, he's really good at hiding it where the cameras are and where people are looking. So, um, th- all of that makes you want to root for him. And, and I think that's a great, uh, great reason to recognize not only the talent and the accomplishment, but the, the whole deal, the whole personality, everything about him. If someone prima donnas in Toronto and no one is watching, doesn't make a sound. <laughs> that didn't work. Um, no, they're all watching hockey instead. Um, yeah, I, I really love how many of the players who are like clearly at the forefront of like who should be the face of the MLB by like how good they are, also seem like they really love playing baseball every yeah. single day. Like, yep. um. I absolutely love watching um, Juan Soto, who are actually somehow not going to bring up on the rest of this podcast yeah, unless we want yeah. to. Like we could, but I mean, we could. I yeah. I, I there's there's actually a category where I I think I could I could do honorable mention. Yeah, uh, because we should. He's been amazing. Oh, He's got he deserves the, it in this category as an honorable mention as well. But like, yeah, for sure. You know, but as a peak fun guy, like how many people like? It's not taunting the like, what he's doing to play. It's pure excitement where he's like, oh. I was right. Like that was a yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. you got to throw me a better pitch. I'm, I'm so stoked, and I just cannot wait to murder the next pitch. Like that is, yeah. that is like really, really, really interesting as like a thing to examine. And I love how it just destroys so many people's heads who like can't enjoy things. So yeah, you know, and, and it's crazy. Like Otani like exists in that same world but slightly differently. Vladdy exists in that same world but quite slightly differently. Like. Even Tati's like having that like dugout blow up, but not blow up with Machado the other day. Like, yeah, that's it. And like, they have reason to be annoyed. Like, they love what they do, and that's why they care. Like, you know, and sure, I, I, I it's really fun to know that like, um, all of these guys are so young. We're going to see them so much. We're going to argue about this so much right. longer. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just a great place for us to be. So, um, yeah, I mean. I, I can't imagine having to live in a world where like the faces of your sport are like like roid raging and grumpy or something like that, you know? Yeah, no, I think this is really great for the future of the game. I hope that it's capitalized on and, and to uh to a point, not to put a damper on things, but that we talked about at the tail end of I think it was last week. Uh I hope that there's not a work stoppage in the sense that it kind of takes the wind out of the sails of of how awesome these young players coming up are and um, you know, I, I don't want them to kind of, I, I don't know, is there a chance they get bitter if there's no, no season or does season doesn't start or I, I don't know. I hope not. Uh, I hope the players get what they deserve without a whole lot of pomp and circumstance and having to do a, a walkout. Cause I think it, it uh, you know, the one thing is, um, a work stoppage would mean more time for Ronald Acuna to like heal from his injury. Mm-hmm. It would give and Tatis, Tatis more time to heal. If he gets surgery, he should. I hear, you know, like maybe Juan Soto can like learn to bat with his eyes closed. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe Vladimir <laughs> Guerrero can learn to play uh, shortstop. 
Yeah, I, that would certainly add some value. Um, you know, <laughs> I, to your point about uh, Juan Soto being an honorable mention in this category for best hitter, um, I, I think that's totally fair. I think maybe one of the reasons that people, uh, maybe uh, this year especially with what Otani's, Otani's doing is so flashy and Vlad is so flashy, but Soto walks so much that oh, some, yeah. those yeah. those highlights of him pounding the baseball don't come through maybe quite as often because they're not pitching to him. And in that lineup right now, why would they? But, God. Um, uh, you know, I, I wonder if in some ways in terms of like highlight baseball, which is I think where we're at, you know, I think there's a lot of people enjoying baseball, not by watching full length games and, and stuff, but by watching Twitter feeds and highlights and, and that sort of thing. Uh, you probably are seeing Vlad maybe a little bit more often. Doesn't mean that that Soto's not an amazing hitter. So there, there's another category I'd like to bring him up uh, in later on too. Um, all right, let's let's mirror that one with best pitcher. Um, I'll, I'll let you take this one away first too. Okay, so um, I definitely definitely think that this is a category where there are a lot more options. So. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to manage to be wrong here because I think I think your option is actually who I would vote for for the NL Cy Young spoiler, but I'm going to choose Max Scherzer yeah. uh, because in fantasy baseball, oh God, here I go again. Um, yeah, he's, go. he's managed to pick up some other things that uh, Corbin Burns hasn't picked up as many of, and that's wins. Um, mm. Scherzer has like won a huge proportion of his games this season. Um, by the way, if you're in a quality start league, um, Walker Buehler deserves a conversation here because his quality story was just insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer um, won a huge proportion of his games. Also, his whip is just really crazy valuable. Um, so let me pull this up because I, I think it merits actual um, comparison. So Scherzer and Corbin are both, uh, Corbin Burns are both pitched, you know, roughly in the same number of innings. They're both like roughly in like the 170-ish range. I don't know what this weekend's going to bring, whatever. Max Scherzer's Point oh two eight, um, or or oh point two or oh zero point eight two eight whip. That is because current whip this year is extremely valuable in fantasy and in ways uh-huh. that like we don't typically observe. You know, like being twenty points away from average. We'll think about it. if you got like um seven starters plus like group all of your relievers together to be another two pitchers or so. If your team average is like 110 or so, that means he's like 30 points better than average. That means your team's whip is going to drop by like three tenths of a point or so. Well, then look at how much like that changes like your standings. Um, right. Same thing for wins. Like if he's got 15 wins this year, um, think about how closely grouped together wins are going to be. His 2.28 ERA is also nuts. And yeah, he's he's been really exceptional and i just think that if we're like handing out fantasy superlatives you know like just looking at his like wins above replacement or whatever however you want to count you know, like that kind of misses just how incredible he has been if you look at like the top of those like dollarish charts he's gonna be towards the top of those for sure yeah yeah Which, well i mean lame way to answer i want to thunder by by naming my pick and that's corbin burns uh again i i, I warned everybody i took the low-lying fruit Corbin Burns has just had an amazing season. I, I do love that uh, when we were talking about um, Mookie Betts and I talked about average, uh, you were very quick to poo-poo that um, uh, because yes. average is a terrible stat, and it is. 
and then turn around and use wins for Scherzer as justification <laughs> for why he deserves best pitcher because uh, wins is equally awful as a stat. It but is. It totally to your is. Point, it counts in fantasy. So, I mean, to my point earlier, <laughs> it counts in fantasy. Uh, I, I do agree that there's there's a, a wider selection of um, people that you could pick here. I, you know, you could insert player here and, uh, you know, Garrett Cole. Um, th- there's a lot of people who have had really good years. And I think it's of note um, or should be of note that these are also people who had these years with a lot of changes going on with the mm-hmm. baseball mm-hmm. and the circumstance around how pitchers are allowed to hold on to and throw the baseball and, um, you know, emerged at the end, still demonstrating that they are the best arms in the game and uh you know regardless of all that so kudos to them for that as well oh yeah oh yeah for sure like um i also want to say that max scherzer is uh pulling um one sort of extra important duty in that he's like one of the leading figures in the major league baseball players association uh Mm -hmm. so he is going to be busy this winter as well um and uh he's actually done I think you can arguably say a really good job in his role because the players association seems like they're much more in line with each other about like messaging re you know, the entire salary structure being awful and the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, like the number of of players who are like starting to willingly come out and say like the, the way that minor leaguers get paid is bad is like growing. Uh, So it it seems pretty clearly that all, but a few people are ready for what's going to come and that's going to make whatever happens this week winter you know fun aside like probably a lot smoother if like if if everyone's on the same page um and uh, i don't think that counts for this but i just do want to say like that is a role he plays and has also like performing at a cy young level (laughs) yeah right no i think i i think that personality and leadership and all that stuff does matter obviously it's not something you can go to uh you know a savant page there's no slider for it um so maybe it doesn't get talked about as much as it should. It's it's hard to quantify. It's hard to necessarily know, but it definitely matters. Uh, you, you get you get people that are incredibly talented but have bad attitudes, and it's t- it can be tough. I, I remember the Red Sox a bunch of years ago. They got some guys in that clubhouse, and they had that whole like chicken gate fiasco. Uh, you know where they were playing video games and eating fried chicken and not taking things seriously and. You know, it was because they had talent, but they didn't have leadership. So, uh, our player leadership. And and if you don't have that, that's a problem. And when you do have that, it really sets a tone, especially for the young players on the team. So, yeah, I I really do think all that absolutely matters. Maybe not so much for the superlative, but but it certainly matters. Um, All right, you want to go back to the top of our list here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems like uh, a good time to transition from the most serious conversation to uh, some of the more fun stuff. Because, like, yeah, who is good this year? You know how many other people are going to talk about that? Um, so it's time to get really yearbook now. Okay, <laughs> very excited. All right, uh, we're going to go to uh, our most likely to succeed category. <laughs> this is earmarked for rookies who we really believe in, who are are more most likely to to turn into what we expect them to be. Um, again, I'm going to have you go first. No, no, no. You absolutely have no choice here. You have to go first for this one. I have to go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, but I'm right. I just wanted to, I I wanted to give you the (laughs) chance, wanted to give you the chance to put your person out so that they, they at least got some time in the spotlight and as opposed to having to live in the shadow of my pick, please they don't do that. Go for this. I, I have plenty of dumb things to say later. Okay. Perfect. Um, 
my pick for this is Wander Franco. I think if you look at what he's done since he's been called up with the pedigree, the expectations, and then the out-and-out performance, uh, this kid is special, and he's going to be amazing. And I think uh, next year uh, we're going to be talking about him right alongside uh, Vlad and uh, Tatis and Soto as you know those young, exciting fun root for them kind of young faces of major league baseball so my pick is wander franco so um as of tonight like as we're recording tonight he has now reached base in 43 consecutive games yeah it's unbelievable yeah um it's no i I don't think there's any other way to say that um i i absolutely am shocked in some ways that like it's this is like a possible thing for someone who like was playing minor league baseball earlier this year um but it's even crazier that like yeah. we've kind of known like it does seem like he's just met a lot of the expectations and then a little bit more rather than just like destroying what we co- thought was couple like the the expectations for Wander Franco were just like yeah this dude's going to be basically an MVP candidate um the second he's on the field and it's more or less manifested like yeah which is tough and especially in the face of of guys like Kelnick and Kriloff who came up and weren't right which is fine I, it's not anything against them that's an, a much more natural course of things yeah. uh I think it's really impressive that he's just come up and been like yep now this is just big leagues I got this yeah I, this is a, a good example of Mike Trout ruining things for everyone else I think I just want to go ahead and say that um <laughs> so my pick is uh not a hitter to be clear, but he is a Tampa Bay Ray and that's Shane McClanahan. Um, Mm, mm -hmm. I feel like I needed to pick a pitcher here because you're way more likely to be wrong about pitchers. And that's why it's so much more fun to pick this. Um, yeah. Now I have just been really, really excited by, you know, like what it looks like to watch Shane McClanahan pitch against opposing players, because like nobody else really like has a repertoire and like a, you know his stuff is not like other people's stuff because there are not that many people who start baseball games are left-handed and throw 100 um yeah and that's just the reality so when someone can come close to any of those things it's exciting um if you're not starting and you're lefty and you're throwing 100 you're probably going to be in a good spot he was like mostly starting to start the year right he wasn't going like a full six innings and then he like grew into that and he's just been incredible this year um so I really do believe in that, and I am just really, really excited to see him continue to do this. Um, there are a lot of other people who I think are really interesting on the pitching side who I think have like a little bit less in the tank, but maybe a little bit more like to show us in different. Like, I also just should say, I feel like Trevor Rogers is cheating. He's been better, but you know, <laughs> is he really a rookie? I guess he legally is, but is he really uh-huh. a rookie? Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thought. Okay, I. I- it sounds good to me. I like uh, I like the explanation, and I like that it's a pitcher, so it's not really super in conflict with mine. Trying to pick a bat to follow under Franco just was gonna be a gonna be a losing battle there. Uh, all right, I like this next category a lot, um, and I'm gonna just preface this with I, I basically, like I said, had first pick of all of these, um, and the two players that we picked, obviously my own, this is my pick. Uh, but even the one you went, I think, are the two most obvious choices for this category. So it's it's a most unexpected season, like out of nowhere was awesome or totally defied expectations in a good way. Um, my pick for this, now I'm going with the arm, and that's Robbie Ray. Um, I, 
I've always kind of like thought he was a special pitcher and I've, I've rostered him on several teams and enjoyed the strikeouts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. tried to really kind of play matchups. And, but I, I, I really love what he did this year. I love that you can kind of point to a decision and he was able to just execute. It makes you wonder why that didn't happen sooner. Uh, is that a blue Jays thing? Is that a Robbie Ray thing? Is that a diamonds backs thing? diamond backs thing? Um, I don't know, but I'm super happy for him, and and the fact that he was able to do what he's done so far this year and do it without sacrificing what he's always been so good at, I, I love it. So my pick for most unexpected season, because I don't think anybody saw this coming, is Robbie Ray. Maybe the Blue Jays did. I mean, they went and got him. So uh, kudos, Toronto. You know, it's weird to say that you'd play matchups with him when it's always been like him versus himself to a degree. Um you know, yeah, but you know, certain teams punish those those walks when he was oh, walking. Yeah, a zillion yeah, yeah, people. for sure. Certain offenses punish that a lot worse. So you know, it's funny to think like today's Blue Jays are really aggressive at the plate, and I I feel like they would have punished him a whole lot less than a lot of yeah. other teams would have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he he's he's been a delightful story. Um, you know, what's crazy is to think that the Blue Jays might not make the playoffs while having like I know the people who might finish second in both. Cy Young and MVP in the AL, depending it's, on where he finishes, really is weird. I don't, I don't really quite understand it, but I also think that, um, you know, this is the beginning of them putting together that young nucleus, so they're they're going to be competitors for a long, long time. Uh, I almost took your pick here in this category, but I really wanted to leave you the Oriole. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and in this clearly, without any doubt was gonna be big mike bomb no i'm kidding um do a big mike bombing um yeah no central central mullins um actually went and saw the orioles um on uh saturday last week and it was his like day off after he hit 30 30 um and Mm. uh he pinch hit in uh, i think it was like the seventh or eighth inning and he had the orioles second hit of the day in the seventh or eighth <laughs> inning and it was a really clutch uh like single to the outfield that jammed some runners and loaded the bases and uh yeah and then they lost um it's crazy to me how many really interesting players and really fun storylines there are on this orioles team despite everything else like there's him and what he's done has just been completely completely crazy to have tried to predict like i was in austin hey is like he's gonna win this the starting job i'm not worried about Cedric mullins he's not anything mm-hmm. sort of guy yeah <laughs> oops oops for the better you know what they're both playing yeah. and, and austin hayes has been pretty okay um sure so like no that's a good thing i it, i i was worried they were in a platoon and they didn't that's really cool yeah. um you got him well, i mean mullins really didn't didn't uh give anybody a choice in that matter you can't platoon that correct um yeah so you have him um, and then you have John Means being like pretty good for a lot of the year, throwing a no hitter, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like Anthony Santander hasn't been like the perfect version of himself, but like Trey Mancini's like gonna win comeback player of the year and really deserve it. Like yep. that's really fun. The problem and is... they and they're forty five games out of first place. Yeah, the problem is just like <laughs> it's it's like they played stars and scrubs, except they just drafted ten dollar guys as their stars. Um, but like they truly do have like a lot of really interesting players you actually can care about. You know, a couple years ago after Machado left, it was like, who do you buy an Orioles jersey for? Well, it's like right now you have a lot of answers, and that's kind of cool. Um, uh, so like I'm almost certainly forgetting like a couple people. Like that's kind of where they've been. Like uh, 
I don't know. Is this a time where I need to bring up how like Ramon Urias has been like pretty good this year? Probably not. <laughs> if you want, you can. What's his superlative? Um, not the worst Oriole. <laughs> next. All right. Next yeah, category. we can move on. Next category. And I, I definitely want you to go first on this because I think mine requires a little explanation. And I'm going to say uh, I'm going to uh, we're going to go with most under the radar. So like. Uh, somebody who did really well and maybe people aren't talking about enough or they were overshadowed in some way uh, by other performances, but deserve their due. All right. So, yeah, I feel like this is a category where, like, the process of picking someone means that you, like, are going to want to pick someone else along the way. I settled mm-hmm. on Max Freed. Uh, Max Freed is not who I originally had down here, but I settled on Max Freed because I had forgotten him. And then I, after remembering a couple other people, he was the last person I remembered, which I felt like made him the most under the radar. Uh, but he's actually just been low-key incredible this season. Um, you know, last year he had like a, an ERA near two, which like funky small sample size stuff. But this yeah. year he like low threes, near 25% strikeout rate, good whip, all the other nonsense, right? And he's just quietly been really excellent since. And roll with me here. At the end of 2019 season, he like <laughs> changed his pitch mix. And I remember uh, I was listening to Eno back then. He was like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, I'm really into this. He just changed his pitch mix. And that's an indicator of like actual change that can hold up, maybe. And he's just been really great since then. And, and he was yeah. like one of the guys that I think really opened the door for me as like a, you know, a guy can change who he is. And there are certain things that matter in choice is important you aren't just a dice or a pair of dice like you are a person and um it's been really cool to kind of like watch him because you know he's also not like a strikeout machine he does some other things well so um Mm -hmm. i feel like that all kind of comes together to kind of like make him by nature more forgettable that he's not like going to be the top of the csw charts or anything like that um but he's been really good and atlanta's i feel like flown under the radar as like a contender this year which really helps so yeah Mm -hmm. he's the sort of person who i think has been good enough to qualify but also quiet enough to qualify which is a hard line to walk yeah no i think that's a that's a great pick um i went with marcus Semyon, and i know that uh he's probably maybe not the ideal pick for this category because people are talking about him. But when you start hear people talking about the Blue Jays, you hear about Vlad first. Uh, you definitely hear about Robbie Ray. You hear about Bo Bichette. And by the way, Marcus Semien uh, has 44 home runs, right? Um, so I think that maybe it's less like under the radar fine. Uh, but I definitely don't think that he's getting his due. Uh, for what he has actually accomplished, it's it's absolutely remarkable. Um, but I do think that it's it, we should put in honorable mention. Who was it that you had in there before you settled on Max Fried? Uh, Brian Reynolds. Um, yeah, you know Brian Reynolds has done some really exceptional stuff this year. He's upped hit or he's improved his strikeout rate. So it was like previously mid twenties, and now he's at eighteen percent over. Like what's been a full season of playing excellent excellent outfield defense i guess it doesn't count in fantasy whoops ignore that um (laughs) yeah please don't invalidate my previous picks um but he's also like held up the power numbers like it's not just like choosing to strike out less he is hitting the ball as hard while hitting it more often that is really hard to do and that's really helped the home run surge you know he was previously a guy who i felt was kind of like a fill in would actually kind of hurt you but just a little bit everywhere sort of guy and he's just improved. The problem is the Pirates really haven't gotten better. So, like, mm, the question is yeah. what becomes of him. But 
I don't think he has that like forever of contract left. So I don't know. Maybe he gets dealt here in a year or two um, for something real because he's a good player. Or yeah, maybe they yeah. just call up some guys and get better. And, you know, there's a better offensive around him. That'd be cool. Um, I like the idea of the Pirates being good um, where to like, you know, you could say, oh, yeah. And he's also been really good on a team that's getting better. So I would love that to happen just because, you know, PNC and uniforms and whatever. But, you know, <laughs> I have the unfortunate feeling that he's going to be just under the radar good for a little while here. Yeah, I'm small markets definitely make it hard. I, I was actually looking through after I decided on Semien and I was looking and I was going to suggest him to you. And then I saw that you'd already filled him in. <laughs> uh, and then I looked back again and he was gone again. So I think it was worth mentioning. Uh, he deserves that. Again, I'm sure they're all listening, and uh, this is the, their their proudest moment. Uh, all right, speaking of moments, let's move on to our next superlative, which is best moment of the season. And uh, do you want to go, or do you want me to go first here? Oh, I absolutely want to go first because all right, Tyler Gilbert's no-hitter for the Diamondbacks is like, I feel like not getting anywhere near the due that it deserves. Um, I... Uh, I, I just still can't believe that it happened in some respects. You know, in case you've forgotten, which I think statistically most people have somehow, um, this was a first career start no-hitter for the team that is, I think, arguably considerably worse than the Orioles. The Orioles have their current record while playing in, like, the hardest division in baseball, and I guess the AL West is probably the, or the NL West is probably the other hardest, like, division in baseball, but, like, mm-hmm. I I really think that the the AL East is just like consistently more difficult to play in year in year out. Whereas like the Diamondbacks have just stunk, like straight up they've been just yeah. horrendous uh, in in almost every facet in some different way. There's been almost no real bright spots. I guess Mad Bum had his like seventh inning no hitter. Um, yeah, but Tyler Gilbert throwing a no hitter in his first career start is just just beyond poetic and. I don't think that there is any singular moment that can transcend that. This would be my pick if he was playing for any other team. And I, I, it's to the point where it's like nothing else that he does this year will matter to a degree because that's just incredible achievement. Um, so like if I, if I sound like I don't really have anything to say about it and I'm just saying the same thing, it's because like I cannot muster real commentary to compare with like the idea of your first career start in baseball being pretty much the pinnacle of achievement for a, a, a pitcher in many of their careers. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like if there wasn't money involved, you just hang them up now. <laughs> like you, you did it. You're good. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect um, game, but like, yeah, what is a perfect yeah, game anymore yeah, literally never right. um that if you're trying to get a perfect game if you're hanging your hat on that uh you're probably going to be disappointed uh but hopefully that's uh that's a uh, harbinger of things to come for him that was definitely it really is amazing to, to think of a debut no hitter it's remarkable um my best moment is is a little bit of a cheating moment because it's not uh during the regular season play it's not even during a game but that is pete alonzo's performance at the home run derby this year which i think was just a lot of fun it was electric the format is cool uh the players that were involved this year were cool and i had no idea how much personality pete alonzo had until i watched that (laughs) home run derby um, oh man! And that was just a lot of fun, and what he was doing to baseballs was just, oh man, yeah, unreal. I I really love the, like the the like off the cuff random weird stuff that isn't. Do you remember earlier in the season he was like, oh yeah, no, like they're 
de-juicing and re-juicing the baseballs every offseason to like <laughs> screw with players contracts is like very tinfoily but also like very clearly like well-intentioned you know like, it's a sort of conspiracy theory that's like points out the appropriate bad guy rather than you know like i don't know there are so many good compare bad conspiracy theories these days i'm like you know yeah. what good for you pete i hope that you're not getting up to any other trouble that i'd be really annoyed about because i just want to root for you <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fun, and and watching him hit hit the baseballs is is again speaking of remarkable. It just it I think that one of the things that the home run derby provides is an opportunity to just see the raw talent. Uh, it's not a game conditions; it's just guys who are really, really, really good at something doing that thing, and we can all watch it happen in real time. It's um, I don't know, amazing. Uh, so we've got two left. Uh, two categories left. It's going to be most reliable and then uh, biggest regret. And that's a little bit more of a fantasy uh, angle. Yeah, yeah. Which order do you want to do this in? Uh, let's do most reliable. Um, okay. Because uh, I feel like we got to end this on a sour note because we've just been so happy the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So most reliable. I, I, I wanted us to talk about like, you know, like the sort of like set it and forget it, you know, like right after most exciting. Here's the guys have just been really, really good. Um, and and this is like a different thing from like the under the radar because you can be under the radar because you know like you stunk to begin the year or like you've had some mediocre stretches, but overall it's like, oh yeah, I guess it's fine. Um, I really want to talk about a couple of guys who I just feel like have been um, you know, like a standard for excellence. And I wanted to in particular myself highlight Mark Melanson's season. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's not the sort of p- position you expect consistency to come from. And it's also not the sort of guy that I thought would be good who has himself been all that consistent. Yeah. So I, this is a candidate for most unexpected season, I would say, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Yeah. It's it's exactly the sort of guy that like I've been happy to have been long run wrong about because in the short run, in the moment, it's so fun. Um, you know, it's not <laughs> been a great season for the Padres. Duh. Yeah. You know, like, I think they're like. They're like one of their last 10, one of nine in their last 10 for like a couple different points in the past week. And like just generally just a gross implosion by them for lots of different reasons. And I'm ready to be angry about how they're going to bungle it next year if that happens. But what's been really cool has been like actually watching the couple guys there who have like, like just figured it all out and been consistently good. Just go like, uh, Jake Cronenberg has been good. Joe Musgrove has been good. Mm-hmm. But more than anything else, I think we needed to highlight a guy who like just been impeccably consistent, really got a bunch of save opportunities, took, made the most of them, and just did his thing. And like, yeah, never looked back. Yeah, I mean, like he's the sort of like poster child for like stuff that doesn't exist anymore. And I just want to highlight that. I thought that was it's been really neat to kind of follow him while I've been doing bullpen wrap ups. And like, yeah, I mean, I think his second half hasn't been as pristinely excellent but it's still been so good for a closer standards that you have to reward it in this category sure also we didn't get to talk about closers anywhere else so yeah right that's that's fair i I have no objection to that i the only thing i would say is going into the season you probably didn't expect him to be this reliable so it's not like from the point of view of like this is a guy who is doing what he's always done and will continue to do forever like like Nelson Cruz, maybe, um, where, you know, it doesn't matter how old he gets, he's just going to be great. Um, 
but once he did get that ball rolling, he absolutely uh, he, he stay, stuck, uh, stuck with it. Easy for me to say. Uh, my pick for this is Jose Ramirez. Um, and I, I will be honest. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, he had that stretch where he was just, for no good reason, awful. Like, really, really awful. I think he like, had just and, had a kid or something like that. That's the best uh, reason maybe, I've been able to come up with. Like, off the field stuff and boy can i relate to what what kind of uh upside down it, it does to your life when you when you have a kid um but it, i mean you you i think that year he was probably like top three and he was like batting under 200 it wasn't stealing bases like it was really ugly um but since then he's been jose ramirez you know he kind of got it together towards the end of that season he had another little stretch, I think, in the, the shortened season. But um, overall, Jose Ramirez, if you look at his career, and especially this year, that's what we're doing here. Um, you know, I, I looked at his rolling graphs, and there's been some ups and downs. And at first, I was like, oh, that's not really very consistent. And then I kind of scrolled out and looked at, like, okay, it, it looks bad because it's been not that far from, uh, you know, either side. Like, his graph is going up and down and in a much smaller way than it looks like when you put it to scale to other players. Um, and, uh, and that's valuable and he's, he's just been amazing. So again, if you, if you kind of bet on him to be who he is, uh, you've been rewarded. And I, I think that he deserves being, uh, being honored here with, uh, with being good old Jose Ramirez of old and helping people win championships. Yeah. He was a guy that I was targeting in like wherever I could get him in drafts uh this past year and he's a guy who i was targeting wherever i could get him before the shortened season last year and he's a guy who i'm going to target next year because i think there were just enough people who were burned in 2019 to permanently make him not like nelson cruz value but the sort of guy who can just bet to be good he's had like more mvp adjacent half seasons than anywhere else and trust me (laughs) like that is like alternative like tables sort of stuff as they would say in the soccer world you know that's like yeah but if you squint i win which is just absolutely on brand for um for me and my soccer stuff so i I don't i feel like that's like a um you know it's a funny comparison that like i in that like he's very forgotten here because you know cleveland um what else has there been to i was gonna say if you squint if you squint we win it sounds like cleveland indians motto oh yeah or the cleveland The Cleveland, uh, what are they going to be now? They're going to be the Guardians. That's right, the Cleveland Guardians. That's way better than Spiders. The Guardians so are the Guardians. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, what I would like to uh, to move on to here is our last category. That category is biggest regret. And um, we're talking more about fantasy here than we are, like, obvious. I mean, it's kind of weird to say, who's your biggest regret on the field? We're not making those decisions. Um, so uh, biggest regret in terms of drafting or not drafting. Um, and I'm going to have you go first on this one. Okay. So um, as you may know, I am one of the more pro draft a good catcher people out there because I just think the math's yeah. really obvious on it. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of guys I was really championing at the beginning of the year. Um, we fought a little bit about who in particular to draft for catcher for our fantasy team. Like, <laughs> out. 
and I will probably be wrong about which expensive catcher to draft in many drafts in the rest of my life. Um, I did not end up with any Salvador Perez this year. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't get any Salvador Perez this year. I was like drafting catchers basically at his ADP in like a handful of different leagues. And like, I didn't even get any mocks. I think what happened is I just thought that 2020 was like an aberration. I was like, mm, it's buying high. You know, he'll be like the sixth or seventh best catcher and he's going at like fourth of his price prices. I'll just wait or maybe I won't wait at all. I got Real Muto and boy, howdy. He's been good. Yeah. Yep. I also just want to go ahead and say that all of the discussion about whether or not this is like the best offensive catcher season ever or those other things are just mind bogglingly stupid to me because the whole point of this discussion about him not being an MVP candidate, to be clear, like the way we evaluate Cedric Mullins is not to say, yeah, but he's and literally like pick your wart for Mullins like you know he's he's been pretty good but he's not been like super super exceptional and for someone who's played as many games as he has like 30 home runs is probably not enough to be an MVP um I'll be honest with you there like he's not he's gonna be like top five or so in MVP voting in the AL I imagine I don't know Simeon will be ahead of him Vladi will be ahead of him Otani will be ahead of him and then probably some other people um I guess yay baseball I'm totally paying attention (laughs) um and I don't know, maybe not actually. Maybe he's like fourth or fifth. Um, I guess Jose Ramirez arguably should be ahead of him, um, depending on how you think. And, you know, we're just not evaluating um, catchers for some reason, especially catchers with knocking on the door of 50 home runs as the same critical light that we're highlighting, like people who are arguably not like anywhere near as incredible as what he's been doing. And I think that's the whole mm-hmm. scale is like we're allowing ourselves to like evaluate other people in that way and i think we really deserve to just like highlight how absolutely bonkers it has been how good it is and i feel like i just need to go ahead and say that i'm an idiot for not drafting anywhere (laughs) well i think you're being a little harsh um i i would posit this if this was gary sanchez having this season do you think we would be talking a lot more about gary sanchez than we are salvador perez yes Thank you for that wonderful okay. analysis and deep thought. Okay, well, I, we're in an agreement. At yeah. least there's that. Yeah, I will say Gary San- Sanchez does walk a good amount, and that's been part of it. Is like I think that some people who really want to prove to other people that they are smart and know how to say the five things that prove that you're a good stats boy or whatever, like gotta get those in at every opportunity. And so, like sniping at Salvador or Perez for swinging at everything is a really good opportunity to show that you know how valuable walks are. Which, like, good for you log off please that's, that's <laughs> I, I get the whole point of our podcast is kind of like talk about stats and explain why you should care about them the point of this though is not to like use a bunch of things that you know as a qualification to prove that you're smart it's to help you enjoy a game better or to play some fantasy it, it, it's not like a, a competition of who knows more facts at the end of the day and and i think so many of the things i enjoy most about fantasy and stats and whatever else are that they make real life more fun and when you try to make real life less fun with them i just can't get on board with that so i, I want to bring them up for these two reasons basically yeah fair enough I, I think it's a great choice anyway um catcher is a tough spot to draft if you had known that perez was going to have this year i think there would have been a lot more conversation about him 
much earlier. I'm obviously much earlier. His performance has been amazing, but I mean, like just first round the, the conversation about catcher early, uh, I think would have been different. Uh, my biggest regret this year isn't it, it's a, it's couched. It, uh, I'm going to qualify it. I'm going to go with John Carlos Stanton. Um, but I, I think that I pick him as a kind of symbol of, uh, a fear that I'd have when I draft sometimes that a lot of people have that is just wrong. I shouldn't do it. I can't, I know I shouldn't do it. I can tell people don't do it, but I do it. And that is, um, being afraid of drafting guys who are going to be hurt. And, uh, Stanton is the poster child for, he's going to be amazing when he plays and he's going to be hurt a bunch. And, you know, we talk a lot about Stanton plus replacement. That's fine. But on draft day, when you're, you're picking him over somebody else, Sometimes it can be really hard to, to pull that trigger. Um, and uh, people who did that this year were, were pretty richly rewarded for that. Um, and I was not one of them. So I, I think this is, he again, it's, it's not so much about him as an individual player, but more what he represents in terms of uh, risk versus reward. And, and maybe this is like one of those last market inefficiencies that's left in ranking. The industry has become so good at at nuanced differences between players and tiering players and understanding how stats are going to drive outcomes in the fantasy game uh, that there's not that much left to argue about, I guess. I mean, if you look at different people's ranks, there's going to be differences and discrepancies here and there, but by and large, you're not going to see huge swings uh, except maybe with people who are injury prone, because I think a lot of people have different ideas about how that affects and, and mm-hmm. impacts mm-hmm. outcomes. Um, and I think I, I, I honestly, I think I draft on the wrong side of that, but that that's, that's who I picked. That's who I went with. And that's why. Yeah. I, I, I think that like, he's like the other side of the same coin. And I think that we should always, always be willing to appreciate like whatever a guy is like exactly what we thought he was. And we just didn't, draft him because that's like Mm -hmm. you're not wrong you're just scratching your head and that's fun (laughs) like yeah yeah. that's like that's just pure like oh look at that guy hitting another home run i could have been right you know and you're like admire the home run watch the club a couple more times (laughs) yeah right you know like i i I don't think there's anything wrong with that it's like as long as it's like not really really annoying you're just like man i could have been right i think that's a fun sort of thing to talk about once in a while it's like you're like look at this dude good for him Good yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, if I buy into him next year, he's going to be out in the second week for the season. So, uh, you know, there's always that. But, I mean, the man hit a ball 122 miles an hour this year. So, I, I, it's unbelievable. It's really, really unbelievable. I, I um, love that also, just as a thing. is like, he, like, definitively, we know it, hits the ball way harder than everybody else. And, like, there are other people who are, like, in the same zip code as him occasionally. But he's just living there and it's so cool (laughs) yeah you know what would be interesting i mean if you go to the if you go to the stats obviously it's it's ranked by max ev right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that only has to happen one time i would like i would be interested in and i'm sure that you can probably pull this in five seconds and it would take me five hours i'd get there but uh it would take me longer is to just rank all of the batted balls from this year by exit velocity oh, yeah, it's how many of of like the top 20 are him you know what uh hold on a second i'm gonna do that right now okay um, well you do that right now um um you know it's it's been a really fun year i think not only because there's been a lot of these quirky things we've had 
controversies to talk about with spider tech and um you know stories about uh young players coming up and succeeding and hype and all those things but mostly we had a full season uh we had a full season with a lot of fans in attendance throughout the league we had baseball that looked and felt more normal than it has for a long time um and hopefully the the baseball world uh, will mirror our real world and we can continue making that progress uh, back to normalcy because I think everybody, regardless of who you are, what you believe, what side of any issue you're on, uh, getting back to a normal is, is going to be really, really, really big for us as people, as individuals, and as a society. And, and I'm excited for that. I'm glad baseball got their season and I'm glad to see hockey getting off on time. Uh, football has been good. So it's starting to feel like like sports have have normalized, and and that's really exciting. Yeah, no, I I think that's I think that more than anything else, just like also the process of getting back to normal, like in the bumps along the way, and like the sort of things that haven't haven't worked have been really instructive for a lot of real life things. I always talk about how um, sports is like reality in a funhouse mirror, and you know I. I, I don't think this is any different, you know, like the whole, it's hard to get back to like what we'd sustained. And I, I think that the fact that we're getting closer and closer and it's within reach is really, really itself worth talking about as a good thing. There are so many really fantastic things that have made it possible. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see one th- fantastic thing that's not making this possible is how slow my laptop is, but we're, we're, we're on the doorstep <laughs> here. Um, All right. I am I am very interested in this. I mean, there are obviously other guys who hit the ball super hard. His teammate Aaron Judge does. Uh, Otani is is up there definitely with some of the hardest hit balls um, this season, which is remarkable that he's doing that and pitching baseballs and striking people out like crazy. Yeah, uh, but I would yeah, bet and running that Stanton. Fast. Yeah, yeah, that Stanton owns a large number of of those top ten, top twenty, even top fifty. Uh, hardest hit baseballs of the season okay so if for i i've redone this search like six times because i keep accidentally searching pitchers instead um <laughs> oops it probably just thinks it knows what you want right you're searching pitchers more than you're searching hitters uh you'd be a little bit correct there yeah yeah um it's predictive algorithm is uh is working against you in this case all right are we ready for this i am so ready okay so, um, there have been six balls this year that have been hit harder than 120 miles an hour. All of them are by Giancarlo Stanton. Um, <laughs> the only other player in the top 10 is Manny Machado. He had one at 119.6 miles an hour. Uh, but yeah, if we're talking about top 20, um, let's see. Yeah, it looks like it's one, two, three, four, eight... That is 14 of the top 20 so far this year, by my count. Yeah, so, that um, sounds about what I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's his house, and uh, some other people are trying to enter, but it's really dangerous, and I don't begrudge <laughs> anyone for not trying to. So yeah, uh, shouts out to Manny Machado, Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, Franchi Cordero, uh-huh. um, and Pete Alonso. Uh, Chris Gittens also just off there. Um, so it's a, a name you probably didn't expect to be in the neighborhood, but uh, no, nope, nope, did not, did not. 
Um, well, thank you for that journey, uh, Alexander. We are not saying goodbye. We are going to continue, as I said at the top of the show, throughout the off season every other week. But this is our last regular season show. Uh, thank you for being on this journey all year. Uh, I don't know if those of you listening at this particular moment know, but uh, this was our first season working together. Um, and I think uh, I think we had a, a nice run there, Alexander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is a great thing to do once a week at least uh you know there's there's a couple of hectic weeks and there was actually more than that and uh i i think that's one of the nice things about this is there is it was a really good reminder that i do enjoy this um, yeah right baseball is yeah. fun <laughs> baseball is fun and on that note that will bring us to the end of our final regular season episode uh thanks so much for listening alexander thank you so much for being a part of it and if you could let the people know where they could find us well they can find you on twitter at the corked mat i'm on twitter at chase underscore rate and most importantly you can find our podcast on twitter at dugout study hall where you can send us some questions please be sure to subscribe to the pitcherless podcast feed if you haven't done that already leave us a good review if you can be so kind and if you're not already please consider becoming a pl plus member so that you can harass us on the pl discord and that's it for me All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.